Lisa K. 10 to noon on KTOE. We're back on KTOE. It's middays. Lisa K. How are you doing? 10 minutes after 10 o'clock here on KTOE. Now, I think we're expecting about 24 degrees on the high side today. Uh, looking forward to, some people are looking forward to a little bit of cold weather. The snap that's going to come tomorrow, I think we're going to see a high of around 12 degrees. And then temps dropping from there. So those of you who have been waiting, uh, we had the DNR in yesterday talking a little bit about ice angling. Maybe we'll be making some ice. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Hey, by the way, if you missed that whole entire interview and any interview, you can go back to what I do on KTOE.com on the blogs or the podcast page. Those will all be up there. And it uh, usually takes a little bit after I get off the air. But I want to thank you for joining me with me. If you're new, welcome. If you're returning, glad you're back as well. I uh, have got guests all the time in the studio streaming through. Dana Sikola is in chair two right now. Dana's with the 410 Project. How are you? Good. How are you this morning? Excellent. I'm glad to have you on. It's been a while. I've been trying to get you on. We've been busy. <laughs> yes. You've got stuff going on. I've got stuff going on. Um, as I try to sift through my my people in the community and go, what are you up to and what's going on? Uh, so 410 Project, in a nutshell quickly, because we're going to do a deep dive today on the 410 <laughs> yeah. Project, but what is it for those that are listening and don't know? Of course. So the 410 Project is a community art space located in downtown Mankato. Uh, it's a completely volunteer managed space run by artists for artists and community members. Um, and we've been in existence in the Mankato community for 20, well, you know, going on 21 years now, uh-huh. now that we're in 2024. And we do anything from visual arts, community work, literary, music. We're kind of all over the board and we just like to have fun and provide creative experiences to our uh, Southern Minnesota community. And then how did you come to be in charge of the 410? Oh, that's a story. (laughs) (laughs) We got some time. (laughs) Um, I I came to Mankato in 2004 to do my undergrad and kind of just developed um, through the college, getting my master's and really diving deep into the community. And um, once I got like off of like campus and down into downtown Mankato and learned about what the 410 was and that it was this kind of like more like hidden gem Mm -hmm. for artists kind of off the grid or like out of academia when it comes to the arts. And that's where I had my first solo show my senior year in my undergrad. And that was kind of like, oh, this is like a thing. Like you can be an adult, show your work, be passionate about creativity. And it was just like very eye-opening. And so I started volunteering in my undergrad and my master's and then in 2004, the current director at the time, who was Makiba Ish, who owns Cactus Tattoo, mm-hmm. um, she was ready to kind of transition and focus on her business. And she came to me and was like, hey, these are our options to keep this space open. Because um, again, it is very DIY, like individual run, artist run. And she just looked at me and said, would you be interested? And I was going into my first year of grad school and I was like, well... How am I going to manage that, right? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never... <laughs> run a space I've never I don't know how to write grants I don't know how to do any of that or organize or programming but I just said I knew that that space was important to me Mm -hmm. and I knew how it benefited me at that time in my life and to where it wasn't something that we could lose as a community so I stepped up continued through grad school and then just kind of taught myself how to develop the space and write grants and plan programming and I'm still going there's kind of a beauty in that yeah. yeah because it can grow with you it's probably grown with you yeah, and I think that's what the space does. It grows along, you know, with the community members who, who engage and are involved. And, and it's, that's, it's a space that provides a learning process 
or a stepping stone. It's like gain some experience, um, network with your community, because if we are a space that allows our community to grow, that allows us to grow mm -hmm. as well. And I hope, well, we have done that through the years, but I hope the people around us have seen that as well. Right. What was it like coming from, and I, I hear this a lot in, in a lot of different areas of life, but coming from academia to, you know, the real world. A little bit, yeah. Uh, what's the difference in the art world between the two? Mm -hmm. well, I think when we're in school, you know, we get really comfortable with, you know, having our professors and our mentors kind of guide us and this idea of having structure within the class system and having projects or assignments due. And that's kind of how we develop our work you know, or our portfolios or I guess whatever major we're in. And, uh, and then there's that constant support of your peers. You have space to work right. as well. And then you may leave um, and graduate and you don't have a studio space. You don't have those mentors. You don't have that big group of peers that are around you to communicate with. Um, and it takes time to develop that individually. Um, and we're really fortunate in a community like Mankato that we have such a wide variety of creatives from music, literary, theater, visual arts, to where you can come out of college if that's the way that you've gone in your creative career and find a community that's going to support you and help you grow and still sustain and live in southern Minnesota. With uh, the arts community, there's a lot here. There's a lot here yes. in, in the Mankato area, in southern Minnesota, yep. uh, even. Do you all get along? Is it a very collaborative <laughs> thing? Is that? Uh, I, I believe so. It's like, uh, you know, I've been running MySpace for 13 years now as of this year, and it's amazing to see, you know, musicians working with visual artists to design, like, album covers or, like, T-shirts or posters or, you know, it's like our, our filmmakers working with local musicians and our theater working. You know, it's just like, I think there's a lot of um, camaraderie and deep friendships and people want to see other people succeed, mm -hmm. right? And really how we can do that, especially with how Mankato works, it's a lot of like individual power, like in, like people planning shows and opening spaces right. and shops and, and all of those things. And so if we are not out, again, collaborating or supporting, we're not able to continue sustaining the way that we have. So it's focusing on that. And, and we're really, like, I think we're very, like, I'm, I might be biased, but I'm, I feel like we're a really <laughs> special community in that. Um, and we can st all st stay true to who we are, but still support each other. Yeah. Right, because it feels very um, small town here, but it's also, there's, there's so much going on. Yeah. That I think that anywhere you look, you can find some kind of niche for you to... Develop. Oh, 100%. And sometimes, you know, I talk to a lot of people who are maybe new to the community or just maybe new into their creative journey, and they have a hard time kind of seeking that out or where to find those communities or those people. Um, and I just tell them it takes time, and it takes time to be present and 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 learn, you know, where your your pact is and, and where you can network. But so I always say, give it time. You'll find it. Um, but yeah, Mankato's just chock full of amazing things to experience. Well, let's talk about some of those things that we can experience here at the 410 Project. What are you working on now? Like, what what is the big thing? Is there one big thing? Are you working on many different things mm -hmm. at, uh, all the time? Or Yeah, so we just opened from our winter break, so we're super excited to start 2024. We have an amazing lineup of exhibitions starting here. Um, we have a reception this Friday from 7 to 9 that's um, by artist Amanda Jordan, who is uh, a local painter. She's in uh, the graduate program at MSU. Um, so we're really excited to host her, her first like kind of bigger solo show. Um, we have some literary events coming up. All of that can be found on our Facebook. 
Um, but the really exciting uh, program that we're just starting up is that we just started um, a program called 410 Studios, which is myself and my creative partner, my Tran, who's been a long-term creative friend, printmaker, dynamo. Um, we really wanted to start a project that was um, emphasizing the idea of storytelling. Mm. And um, years ago, I did a project called Project Bike, where I created documentaries, kind of biking through the state and sharing artist stories. And so I was thinking about how do we take a project like that for it not to be so exhausting <laughs> physically, uh, but still actually on the bike. Yeah, uh, but continue the idea of storytelling um, in like in short segments. So uh, her and I got together our backgrounds of like filmmaking, photography, kind of program development, and to where. Um, we started a, a video storytelling series where we're going to be telling artist stories in four minutes and ten seconds. Oh, 410. 410. 410. And so it's her and I. And so we're going to start with, we're doing interviews, video interviews with artists who are going to be exhibiting at the 410. Okay. So we have a couple that are already out there. We have a YouTube channel under 410, 410 Studios. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like letting artists speak on their behalf. And for people to learn a little bit more of the depth Mm -hmm. of why people make their work and allowing artists to be vulnerable in a safe space. Right. Especially with like female videographers Mm -hmm. um, and um, making them just feel comfortable telling their stories in the way that they look and feel in their voice. And to, again, kind of emphasize the importance of arts, not just in southern Minnesota, but all over the the place. I know as uh, we're going to be talking this hour, um, I do want to ask some questions. I'll just put them out there right now about uh, a lot of times when funding is cut, it's from the arts, it feels like. That's yes. what it feels like to me. So I want to know uh, what your thoughts are on that. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what the 410 Project has going on and definitely more about 410 Studios because um, that sounds... And, and the vulnerability of artists as well, because I think that's something that people... Well, that's how we connect right. to each other. They, they yep. don't realize how much work it takes to put your heart into something and then show it to the public and not know how it's going to be received. Yep. Right? Uh, so there is a vulnerability there. 410 Project, Dana Sikola in studio with me today. It's Talk of the Town here on KTOE. Back on KTOE, it is Talk of the Town. Lisa Kay in the 410 Project in studio. Dana Sikola is with me. And we're talking a little bit about uh, the arts. And the 410 Art Project has been around for a long time, um, at promoting and giving artists space. Uh, before the break, Dana, I talked a little bit about the fact that I think it's not uh, a surprise to anybody that when cuts happen in education, mm-hmm. schools, things like that, um, a lot of times the arts are hit the hardest. And so I always like to ask the artists that I know, why is that? And what does it do to somebody that is working in that field to be continually told it's not important? We're going to we're going to cut the yeah. funding. And it's got to be irritating. Like, Yeah, it's a really hard subject. And, and we're really fortunate, you know, in the state of Minnesota, we have the highest um, per capita funding for artists and arts organizations throughout any state in the nation. Uh, oh. So I'm, I know, I think a lot of people don't know that. Okay. Um, I'm on the board I wasn't of, aware of that. Yeah, I'm on the board of Minnesota Citizens for the Arts. And we're an organization that lobbies with the House and Senate to keep funding in our state. So when you pay your taxes, a little bit of your taxes comes out and gets put into a, a big pot of money that then gets put out to arts and arts organizations, clean water, you know, the park system, libraries, all that jazz. So mm-hmm. we have all this money here in our state uh-huh. to sustain the arts because if we sustain the arts, it's good for our economy, our tourism, money goes out, money comes in. 
Mm-hmm. That's like the big picture mm-hmm. of it all. Um, but when it comes to like things being cut in our school systems, you know, arts, bands, choirs, um, even like alternative languages, it's really hard because um, schools have to kind of cut those things because they're not tangible to evaluate. Like like standardized testing, like taking a math test, taking a science test. Uh-huh. We know students get these good grades. Right. That's hard to do with art and arts and things like that. Right. You know, and so when we have to cut things, which comes down to money, we kind of have a tendency of cutting the things we don't, or not necessarily we, but maybe the bigger picture doesn't view air quotes as something of importance to young people when we know that's kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, that the arts improves critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, independent, you know, just like, and, and even just like mental health. Right. Right. Um, and we know now that, you know, the arts helps improve math skills, science skills as well. Um, but it's it's the hard thing that when the reality of the world sets in that, you know, our arts and culture does get pulled out and it shouldn't be. No, obviously, even like not. legally, it shouldn't be. Yeah. But um, but we know it's happening, and so it's thinking about then if we know that's happening in our school systems or in those bigger systems, what can we do within the community to provide more access to the arts mm-hmm. um, to our younger um, population? And we do have organizations like yeah. yours. Yeah, yeah, we have the makerspace in town that does youth programming. Um, we do a lot of youth programming from small to high school. Uh, I know the Carnegie Arts Center has started some youth programming. We have the youth um, like orchestra, um, Mankato, uh, forget it, like youth choir. There's yeah. a lot of great things. So it's just like getting people involved and getting people aware that those um, organizations are out there for their young creatives as well. I think sometimes when you say arts to the gen pop, it's it's like painting, drawing. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I mean, when, when yeah, you started, you, you started yep. bringing up, you know, choirs and bands and things like that. Yeah. I, I, my brain didn't go or there. theater, you know, yeah. merely players, all those great right. things that we have in this town. My brain didn't go there immediately, mm-hmm. but that's interesting. So, uh, and it's almost kind of sad that was, it's taken on more of like a community-based level than, yeah. than maybe it has, that we would get in the school. But, um, yeah, reasoning for that. Interesting. But that's why we're, I think the Mankato is so special because we have a lot of, like I said, these people-powered organizations. Right. You know, doing and that's where the passionate people are. Yeah, yep, I'm here for it. <laughs> we are going to talk a little bit more about um, artists and uh, creatives in our community and the spaces that are available to them and some things that are going on with Dana Sicola from the 410 Project coming up in just a few. Lisa K in the midday on KTOE. We are back on KTOE Middays with Lisa K. I know he just said that. 1041. 24, the expected high today. Tomorrow, 12 degrees. Temperatures dropping down into, uh, well, single digits. Looking forward to that. Some of us, some of us not. Dana Sicola with the 410 Project in studio with me this hour for Talk of the Town. Um, off mic, we just had this really interesting conversation. I said we got to talk a little bit about this. I didn't know that you are an adjunct uh, faculty at MSU. So you teach a class yeah. at MSU. What are you teaching? Um, so at MSU, I teach a course that's a creative curriculum course, d- technically designed for elementary education majors, so people who plan on teaching kindergarten through fifth grade. But it's really designed for anyone who plans to work with young people in their profession in the future. Okay. And so the class is really designed about how to bring more visual hands-on practices, again, basically into the into the classroom mm-hmm. so for those young people who are more or engage more with information through like visual practices or working with their hands or even through like physically moving their body it's making sure that those future teachers are able to provide that type of 
um, information engagement to those those type of learners, as well as to the learners who can sit down, read the book, take the test, and get the A, so that everyone that leaves the classroom at the end of the year is leaving with the same amount of education as the people who are the logistical learners. Is that a mandatory class for teachers? That, uh, it used it to be, but be. MSU just made it out, you know, but my, you know, I think my class has a really great reputation with people who, are, again, are going in with working with young people in informational fields like education because um, it, it's such an important topic. And I think it's really good because when we get to be adults, we have a tendency of pulling back our creativity and feeling like we can't really express ourselves in certain ways. Like we mm-hmm. shut the door on like experimenting, like with just like making right. things or thinking in abstract ways. And be, be, being an educator is a creative job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always ask my students, I said, who, who thinks they're creative in this classroom? And one person out of 25 will raise their hand. I said, but aren't you all going to be educators? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, so no, you're going into a creative A creative career. field, right. Because yeah. you're having to problem solve, be imaginative, work with sensory-based learners who are the ultimate of imaginative learners. Right. I mean, if we think about this, not all of us learn or retain the same way. 100%. We were just talking about being a visual or a linear learner. I, yep. when, when I took this job over here, uh, Jake Palmer gave me a list of times and things that are supposed to happen, and it was very, like, schedule. I looked at it, and I said, I, I don't know how to read this. I mean, I did, yeah. but it was harder for me. Mm-hmm. And somebody said to me, draw it out like a clock. Like, And so I realized, and somebody said, you're a visual you're a visual learner. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine that those going into education should have those skills as well to be able to teach, in, teach in different ways so you can engage with all of the learners in your class or as, as yeah. many as possible. Yeah, and I know it's, it's completely impossible to teach a classroom of 20 people in 20 different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that's not reality, especially when you're working with the super young mm-hmm. population. But to, again, it's to where ideally down the line, kind of breaking away from standardized testing and evaluating young people in different formats to again, you know, some people are really great at test taking. Um, some people are really great at giving a presentation, like verbally. Some people are really good at writing a paper. So it's just kind of providing that variety of things of people expressing the knowledge that they've actually retained versus memorized, which is two totally right. separate things. Um, we've all taken a class, and a year or two later, we don't remember a single thing. Oh, wait a minute! We I learned had, in the class I had four or years the, of Spanish. the conference or <laughs> the, the the workshops that we went to. Um, yeah, so I, I'm really passionate about my class and, you know, this semester I have a couple people who are going to be going into art therapy and grad school who are taking my class um, to, again, think about how visual learning and, and hands-on engagement really helps with just education, but also self-esteem, um, the way that they're viewed, how they view their education and their schools and their teachers as well, because that flows over into their relationships with their families, their friends, their communities, so there's a bigger picture to the purpose of arts engagement, and not just in art classes, but school in general. Right. If we talked about uh, a little bit about the difference between being a creative and having like art skill, mm-hmm. there's there's a difference. When I, I yep. you know, I think, oh, I'm a creative. Eh, I don't know that I'm a creative. I'm probably a creative, but I'm not very artsy. I think that's what we're yeah, getting to. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like, um, I talk a lot of that with people because I'll have a lot of adults that come up to me, you know, at the 410 or in lots of things that I do. And they're like, why? Well, I'm not creative. I can't even draw a stick figure, you know? And I'm right. like, okay. that And, and that, that always kind of drives me insane because I'm always like, it's kind of the idea of, well, maybe because you can't, well, air, again, air quotes now, draw or paint. 
maybe it's because you've never sat down and tried or someone hasn't taught you. Like, I can't pick up a saxophone and mm-hmm. instantly play it beautifully. Right. You have to learn. learn and take time and practice and be mentored. And being artistic, which, you know, learning how to draw, paint, sculpt something, build something out of wood, that takes practice and time and mentorship. Being creative is the is the the idea of creating new ideas, new hypotheses, new ways of thinking. Uh-huh. So that's, you know, scientists, mathematicians, educators, chefs, architects. That's that's being creative. Being artistic is something totally different. So it's thinking about, you know, how do we separate that language, especially when we're around young people. We want to show young people that being creative is something we want them to do, to be imaginative, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to where it's not a bad thing. Right. Right. So I think it all kind of starts in that language at a young age. And I remember uh, when I was in college, in my art class at the University of Minnesota, they took us uh, to MIA and there were, we walked in. There was this giant and it looked like a, a pad of paper that had been laid out on the floor and it snaked up the stairs and around. And we walked in and we walked around and looked at this. It was like three floors of this. It looked like dominoes had been knocked down, just little pads of paper. And then the professor said to us, is this art? Because it, then he said it's subjective, right? Like, I guess yeah. it's how you see it, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting to me. Um, I always think back to that. Uh, and isn't can, that funny how you still have that memory in yeah. your mind? Like, our, it, it is art in the artist's mind. This was, yeah. It was telling a story. of. Mm-hmm. I, we had to read the story at the end, but mm-hmm. um, in, in order to get where the artist was but sometimes he said it doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean anything if we know where the artist is or not it's just how we interpret it yeah 100 or it just depends on how it kind of like triggers your brain right. in some way or some sort of sensory and that's the same with like music like you might think this one song isn't as good and the other person thinks the song is amazing mm-hmm. you know or we have different emotional ties to different words or sounds um so i think that's just like the beauty of the idea of art or the romanticized version of it um, but I just love it because there's so many levels of importance as individuals, as communities, and, and again, throughout our whole state. Now, you mentioned learning from somebody else and being taught how to do things. Do you have mentors in your life that you look to as as far as being an artist yourself and then being in charge of that space that you're in charge of? Oh, man. I don't I like I think through like college, I had a lot of mentors that helped me develop my skill sets and, you know, the idea of like writing grants and um, like our, our past executive director of our regional arts council kind of brought me on board and how to be on boards and how nonprofits work. So it's, it's been all over the place. And even some of my, like my boss at MSU, Gina Wanger, she's the chair of our department, kind of teaching me the idea of within education. And I don't know, it's just, I'm so spoiled with so many amazing people, you know, in all You're areas. probably the mentor to so many then. And right. well, and I think it's like, you, you know, that came, like someone helped you. Right. Whatever, it, it, through a conversation, through like teaching you something. And so now it's thinking about even just being a little bit older, how can we provide that? I don't want to say the next generation, but even to the next person who's like, hey, I want to try that. Or I, I would love to learn that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's to me, it's a chain. Yeah. Right. And so it's what, what comes out should come in, you know, and I don't know if it's like good karma or good community. But I'm here for it. And hopefully like this space that the 410 you know, we're pretty like grassroots kind of DIY and uh, we're here to support artists, not just in where their work is right now, but what their goals are okay. in the future. And so how can we help you get there? 
um, is really what our space is about. And how do you help people get over the fact that, like I talked about earlier, there's a vulnerability in, hey, I created this, now let's show it to people. I think if you show vulnerability, they'll show it too. I think maybe or at least respect the fact that it takes a certain amount and of... And I think, yeah, you got you to gotta advocate for people, yeah. you know, because it is really hard to put your... Even if you show your work or play your music a million times, you're still a little nervous right. when you do it. Yeah. You know, and I think if you have people around you and you're showing it in a space that you feel safe and either that's like a gallery or a performance area or whatever, um, I think you're going to get that confidence to put it out there and and to be confident with the reaction that will come back. What is the first thing we're looking for from 410 Studios that's coming up? Oh my God, we're so excited. Um, I think it's just like really connecting with people through like video content, right? And hopefully to where someone will watch one of our videos and connect with that artist or something they say and say, well, I'm actually going through that same thing right now. Hmm. Or I'm actually having those same thoughts or maybe some insecurities or barriers. But this person is like, is here showing their work. And so maybe I can do that too, right? So kind of like gain some confidence. And also with networking, like, oh, I really loved your work. I saw your video. I'd love to collaborate or maybe hire you or learn more about you. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and it's like I said, it's, it's my and I. And, and so it's like her and I are working together to develop goals that we wanted to do within storytelling as well. So we're just excited to be able to be a part of that and, and connect with artists and throughout the whole state, not just here in Southern Minnesota. Right. Well, I hope you bring some in here because I'm always about storytelling and I like to hear people's why. Oh, 100%. Their... Yeah. And like all our videos are on our YouTube channel um, and we're posting them on the 410 Facebook. And so they'll we're, be pretty accessible. I think we'll come back and we're going to talk a little bit in our last few minutes together about how to get in touch with you, how to follow along if we're interested in what's going on and how to help support and uh, learn a little bit more about it. So stick around. Perfect. We'll be right back. It's KTOE 410 Project, Dana Sikola in this hour on KTOE. We'll be right back. Back on KTOE, Middays with Lisa Kay. Thanks for hanging out with me and Dana from the 410 Project. And, uh, well, as we're kind of wrapping up our whole conversation on arts, um, we want to make sure that people know how to find you if you have things coming up. And um, I'm sure that you've got... Uh, websites and Facebook pages. Are you most active on social media? Or? Most active on social media because it's quick and free and all that stuff we love. Yeah, so people can definitely, you know, follow us on Facebook, 410 Project, as well as Instagram. We're uh, 410 Project slash community uh, art on there. And we have a website, the410project.com. But we're pretty easy to find. Um, shoot us an email. All of our events, upcoming events, are mainly on Facebook and Instagram. And questions and, and we're open Wednesday through Saturday two to six o'clock so if you want to come in person and chit chat uh, we'll be open okay and do you have anything set up you've got um, is there an event coming yeah up we have a, a reception this Friday from seven to nine of Amanda, Amanda Jordan's paintings mm-hmm. um, so we're gonna have lots of food and drinks and great stuff so if you want to come in and visit this space we're open this Friday seven to nine support some local artists yes 100 percent as they do their thing well thank you for all the work that you do in town we certainly appreciate that thank you always, for having me always good to have you and hopefully you'll be back um, I yes. want to see more and and know more about the 410 studios uh, which if you want to find any of the links to anything that we've talked about today, you can go to KTOE.com. Got to give me a hot second after I get <laughs> off the air today. I always tell people it's really surprising. They don't understand. It takes about an hour of post-production. I think that's pretty quick, though. <laughs> it's pretty quick. I have enlisted the help of one of the other creatives in the <laughs> building here who's done some music. Um, and so Kira's going to be helping me out cool. with a little bit of that. So I think I'm going to meet with her. She's a whiz at 
audio production. Mm. Didn't know. That's, a, that's, that's an art, right? 100%. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I had no clue. Um, and then I... Sound you, art. You mentioned crocheting when we were <laughs> off the air and people that were moving their hands. Um, I do that too, so... Maybe I, okay. am an, maybe I am an artist. I'm learning so much about you today. I know, right? You didn't know. <laughs> I can do things besides talk. 